Greetings, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, this special edition uh, Deep State COVID response has been a huge mistake episode. Uh, I'd like to uh, point out a few things that I just heard the other day about the coronavirus, coronavirus response, and everything like that. What's really interesting is how we've heard so many different lies, uh, deceptions. Uh, are we ever going to, as a country, hold anybody accountable for anything ever again? Um, somebody hires these people in the media. Somebody empowers them in the media. You know, I really think that it used to be like a shock tactic. When you hired a goofball and they came up with something that was really contrary, it was like the shock jock tactic. Uh, now you're canceled if you don't take moronic ideas seriously. Um, here's where I'd like to start. I'd like to start with the whole uh, scientific foundation that there really is no such thing as a flu season. Um, that it's really more like because of our lifestyle changes and modernization and stuff and the human body hasn't kept up with how cushy we live now. What we really have are uh, vitamin D deficiency seasons. I know people say vitamins. Come on now. I, you know, I'm also guilty of not really paying that much attention to vitamin D because they tell, I think we call it a vitamin. It's not really a vitamin. It's actually a pro-hormone that is like master of the universe for our immune system. Uh, vitamin D allows thousands of genes to switch on and off and such. And they, they're, it, it powers the receptors uh, in the nucleus of all the cells that await input, influenced by vitamin D and such. These things, um, are they can control part of the whole cytokine conversation. Uh, I don't know how much science I should actually offer because I, you know, I've been looking things up quite a bit, but I'm kind of getting that brain fry thing going on because you could you could perpetually study, uh, read the studies and, and research this endlessly, and you know, months, years, probably. So part of the reason why we're like this is because we just think it's a vitamin. Uh, and there's the deficiency observation correlation kind of list. How do we prove that? Well, if we look around the various countries, there are explanations for why we've had disparities, like why Japan did well, why parts of Scandinavia or Norway or whatever, how they did well. And now, like I said, the media likes to put out, well, gee, look how good Japan did. America, you suck. Well, so there's that kind of stupid stuff out there because they can just say something like that because they never took the time to find out why there were differences. And it's always thought, well, this is another one of those illnesses that's not fair to people of color. That's all explained by vitamin D deficiency as well. First of all, the nursing homes. Nursing homes and people of color. Well, people of color. Melanin blocks the absorption of UVB. Uh, so it takes quite a bit more. Now, the one thing that we need to re re not forget is that... Uh, the vitamin D we we have in our systems that we get through synthesis from the sun is far superior than that which we get through a capsule or a supplement form. It's about twice as efficient 
and, and the system is able to use it and it remains in the system for use, doing its job, for much longer. Um, now you think regionally, oh, yeah, I, live, I live down south. Well, what happens down south when you can actually synthesize, when you can actually make vitamin D? You're inside in the air conditioning. It's too hot. It's too uncomfortable. So we're losing out on that. You work a day job. You're in your office. You're behind a desk or doing something when it is peak vitamin D hours. You live up north, it's hard, you know, uh, to actually be out long enough in those hours where you, we can make vitamin D. So this is where we are now. We don't really work. It's the, you know, this is what happens for advancements and progress to where we can stay inside of air-conditioned homes and places of business instead of working in the fields and stuff. Now, I should also add that uh, vitamin D by itself uh, it, it really, we need to augment it with more K and magnesium and maybe some selenium um, to make sure it's effective. Uh, and our diets are pretty crappy. I mentioned those other countries like Japan and Scandinavian nations. They eat a lot of fish. They're surrounded by water. And places like Norway actually fortify with extra vitamin D a lot of the staples. I mean, they eat more fatty fish than we do. And they have foods that are designed to supplement vitamin D. Well, let, let's face it, I don't know what your family structure is like, but we basically drink very little milk these days, real milk. I, I, you know, I kind of prefer vanilla almond milk now. I don't have to refrigerate it till you open it and things like that. And, uh, you know, and I spend time in the woods, so I like having stuff that I don't have to refrigerate. But um, so the, the, the first step to this is to start viewing a healthy immune system as the first and best defense against something like COVID. And again, the modern lifestyle has undone this best system. Um, now what other kind of proof, because there's so many different stories out there to daze and confuse us. Well, kids have a few, several times over often, a uh, much better rate for that innate defense via the T-cells. Uh, the survival rate for children, and I forget the break-off age, but uh, for most people under the age of 18, it's something like 99.9997% survival rate. Um, and you see kids walk around with, you know, little young kids. They might be a little booger-nosed and stuff like that, but that's them learning how to work their way through these illnesses. Now, early on, what our leaders did was the, the people who kept telling us to ignore President Trump and stuff like that, and uh, they were in control of this. These leaders did the worst possible thing by mandating COVID-positive people back into the nursing homes. Of course, how much sun or how much vitamin D or how much nutrition and how many T-cells, the, the much lower T-count, right? These T-cells do these uh, elderly people have in the first place. They're in a nursing center. They're not out running around on the beach so, but And they let workers come back to take care of them who were ill, and they knew they were. So that was prime stupid. Now, today, overlooking these things or ignoring what they did uh, is, word of the day is idiotic, okay? That, that what they did with that was idiotic. And they're going to pretend and not let people talk about it, but uh, action should be taken for those governors and stuff who decided to craft tyrannical bills to make sure old people died. Um, 
And let's talk about some of these early studies on prevention. Because what they really did was they, well, they told us no masks, don't worry about it. It's less than the cold or the flu for a while until it was too late to contain this thing. So early on prevention um, for us as individuals and readily available you know, prophylaxis, they were taken down in band. Because uh, the talk about ivermectin, um, it's killed so far two people with connections to possibly 13 more, uh, but 4 billion doses. But the B, 4 billion doses have been uh, taken. Okay. And hydroxychloroquine, uh, it's been in use for 60 or 65 years. So the reason why I got such a bum rap was they're prescribing to people who are basically on death's door already. That's not when you take that. Uh, early treatment prevention should use should include the vitamin D, zinc, maybe some vitamin C, magnesium, and selenium, as I said before. And I think there's another one, acetylcysteine, which is a um, mucus-dissolving agent treatment for certain bronchial-type pneumonia disorders, uh, breathing-related. But it's also sometimes given for um, acetaminophen derivative-type for overdoses on acetaminophen type medications. Um, people with COVID system symptoms, they um, <clears throat> excuse, they need rapid attention. And what we ended up with this uh, don't flood the hospitals talk. Don't be selfish. Leave the bed open for somebody who's older or a person of color who's ill. Was this kind of insanity we heard on around the fringe? Don't just go run in there and take a hospital bed. Well, that wasn't the only option. These other treatments uh, or things to help prevent the severity, lessen the severity of prevention were would have been very smart to try in earnest earlier on. Uh, the reason why hydroxychloroquine is useful is it delivers, it really delivers a punch in zinc in such a way that uh, it inhibits replication. And again, HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, was blasted because it was, every time they tried it in a setting, uh, well, we ignored results from overseas, and every time it was tried here in the U.S., it was being tested at the wrong time. And there were a number of papers out about that, and we, we had people with totally different interpretations. It'd say, hey, you know, it, if you look at the numbers, you're not going to see a benefit from it. And those were the, those were the people... Uh, who decided not to see a benefit in it, uh, who were given access to the television camera. And they sat there in the camera and talked about putting a nail in the coffin of hydroxychloroquine. Well, you know, they're spending other money on the development, and they need this big, hey, look what we did thing going on. Uh, they pretend like they came up with the uh, cure. And that uh, President Trump had nothing to do with it, of course. So um, I heard a story about a doctor who runs a, a lab. And uh, they work with patients, testing, swabbing. Uh, and the people, who, they, they, they've tried these, this ivermectin and vitamin D and zinc and such and these uh, other supplements. And um, they're not getting ill. I mean, they are absolutely surrounded by COVID patients. Um, I believe there was a study in Argentina and I'm not sure whether there were 800 health professionals who were in the control group. Uh, I, I don't know how many were 
how many people were actually given the placebo. But I know that those who actually took the ivermectin uh, and and the rest of this regimen, uh, exactly zero of them, surrounded uh, 8, 12, 16 hours a day by COVID-infected patients. Zero of them contracted it themselves. And uh, the placebo, placebo group, uh, so it to be 237 uh, came down with COVID. I'm not sure, like I said, if that's 800 and there were 400 in the placebo group. So it would be 237 out of 400 or 237 out of 800. I need to go back and find more. Some, because a lot of those stories are being suppressed here. Um, very positive news, but they don't really kind of want that thing coming around here. Now, the the media really pushed poo-poo the whole treatment thing. Uh, a lot of experts reviewed the documents. And um, that, like I said, they came up with polar opposite ideas. Uh, are there tribalists in there? Sure. Why not? I mean, this government's been lying to us for some time. Uh, so I don't know why they wouldn't do something like this. Um, I know when there was a U.S. study that said that in one of the studies, ivermectin, re- ivermectin itself reduced deaths by 85%. Uh, if they just want to say it doesn't work, that's one thing. But why other people haven't said, we're going to test it. Now, uh, they're giving it to patients already in the ICU. By then, that cytokine storm has already won. That's, again, the thing that they're waiting too long, too late. Um, So lives must really not matter to them to want to test it better. And, again, isolation and darkness were kind of the enemy. Because when did all of this start? It was a year ago, March. The sun was just starting to come back to deliver the UVB. uh, And all of us folks in the northern hemisphere were kind of rock bottom on our vitamin D. Uh, kudos to those of you who actually religiously take this, take that stuff and check and, and get tested. Um, and again, this, the sun's type stays in the system longer. It's, it's far better to try and give some natural degree, some natural levels of vitamin D. And I know, of course, we, we uh, used to worship the sun a long time ago, and a lot of us are having skin problems because of it. But uh, I guess the endocrinologist, your endocrinologist would be the one to advise how many units you can safely take. And that's if you have one or were lucky enough to be able to see by to be seen by one. Uh, here's the here's the uh, here's the other bad news. <laughs> the other good news, bad news. Uh, we don't want to hear any more stuff like this, but it's just gonna have to happen. We're gonna have to hear it. We're gonna have to remember this. The after effects of COVID could be worse than what we just went through, sort of, or, or not really through, but what we're going through. Um, and I'm going to avoid the social impacts for now and maybe do that later if people seem interested. Um, I do know that there are labs uh, testing v- varieties of cells. Uh, they're finding cancer more. And it's not, excuse me, they're not finding cancer more. They're not finding stage one as much as they were. They're finding stage two, three, uh, like 10 times because so many people are missing their appointments that would have caught it earlier. So they're finding advanced, progressive, very aggressive stage tumors. I did the uh, cancer dance eight years ago, and I can tell you, I can attest, it, uh, it's not fun. So I feel incredibly bad for these people. Uh, it's like timing, you know, timing sucks. 
uh, and this is going to come back, and we will see this over the next year or two, uh, the excess deaths from un undiagnosed cancer because we were all sitting at home in the bunker in the basement afraid. The other thing is the uh, uh, interesting thing I learned is uh, why we did not have much of a flu outbreak. Did not know that COVID is the boss on the block. And looking into social, what social virologists have determined is that colds and flu viruses actually communicate. There's sort of a genetic dominance hierarchy in their code. So basically if something shows up, uh, there's a structure in there that tells the other, you know, a cold could come up and tell the flu, it's not your turn, pal. You get it next year. You get it next season. So actually, there's usually a, a prevalence. There's a, one, one will take over and become the predominant problem we have for that season. Um, it's kind of amazing that we've, you know, and we've sort of known this, but now they're starting to find these genes and these messages uh, and the way these things communicate. Uh, now to pack bad news on top of bad news, here's the thing that worries me most about people who are being vaccinated for this coronavirus. And this is something you need to listen to. And remember, maybe write it down. Uh, if you've been vaccinated for COVID-19 this year, you need to listen for antibody-dependent enhancement reaction. You may have heard a little bit about it, but keep your ears open and see if there's any talk. National Institutes of Health, CDC, listen and keep looking it up because uh, it's it's a, not a rarity. ADER is what I'll refer to it as, uh, or ADE maybe, uh, for the remainder of this show. It's not a rarity. It happens. It's fairly common. Dengue fever, HIV, uh, RSV. Uh, with babies and stuff. Remember, they, we, they, they, they knew about this condition, this ADE, back in the 60s. Uh, it also has played a role in Ebola and the picornavirus, right? Or I don't even know if you pronounce it like that because it's a picoRNA virus, which uh, hits us in vertebrates and it, it hits through the intestinal tract and moves into the central nervous system. And the cosavirus is the picornavirus member of, it is today's polio. That's what we have today. It causes acute flaccid paralysis. Uh, and we know what uh, that did. So that's still around, uh, not, in the, you know, not as prevalent as it was back then. Just doesn't happen quite as much. But it's still happening in uh, rural areas, third world countries, less developed nations. Um, what and why ADR, but the problem we're going to have is we never know if, it's, if COVID is going to adapt enough to overcome the trained antibodies. You know, because what, what I'm sure they explained it to everybody, but the, the vaccine teaches your body to make, to make the antibodies required to not die if you do contract it. Trying to make you ready so you don't have that cytokine storm so you, your your body knows what to do because it's not COVID doesn't kill you it's your body overreacting and getting all crazy once you do have it so your body kills itself um the problem with this uh whatever the vaccine does to you is there's a few ways that this can go wrong uh 
uh, the antibodies that your body makes, that are ta- your body's taught to make, may actually increase the lethality of a future serotype. So vac- vaccines create, uh, there's like neutralizing and non-neutralizing antibodies in your body. And neutralizing is good. They bind to the target and disrupt the function that you can't start exhibiting symptoms. So they also, they stop the changes that the spike protein has to do once it tries, uh, it, it, when it completes the bind onto your cell membrane. Now some non-neutralizing antibodies can kind of hitch a ride and watch what happens but not really do anything to stop it. So they don't stop that structural change from happening. They're kind of inside watching us become ill. Uh, there are a worst case like a non-neutralizing antibody which is one that actually precipitates or assists the transform. And, and it sounds as though uh, experts liken these antibodies to you know, a baseball outfielder who's half blind, he's yelling, I got it, I got it, but loses sight of the ball, and it hits the turf 10 feet away. Because that was supposed to be that anybody's job, but it doesn't, and it actually helps the enemy. Uh, Another undesirable outcome might find that successful, normal, immune-type response leaves too many viral particles around and will allow for infection at lower dilutions or lower loads. Uh, I have a throat bubble, so I'm going to talk like this for a while. But the worst type of intrinsic uh, AD is when um, an infected, the infected monocyte it d- doesn't realize that there's rapid replication going on within. And this is what they're talking about, the cytokine storm thing. When these cells burst open, those evil contents are dispersed rapidly. Uh, and they're, they're trying to target that through, uh, you know, through the cytokine pathways right now. But that's what scares me, is that, uh, yes... You're vaccinated against this particular strain, or these serotypes or whatever. And next year, the following year, uh, you're actually, you have bad antibodies that are friendly to that next COVID variation that comes around. And that really frightens me because just about everybody knows being vaccinated right now. All my loved ones, most of my friends. Um, I'm going to wait for the Johnson Johnson one, I believe, but not sure. Have to see what happens. Um, and by the time we figure that out, it would be too late. Uh, in fact, this whole antibody-dependent enhancement reaction is why they stopped developing and testing a vaccine for the first coronavirus just a few, just a, you know, a couple, several years back. So. They were aware and decided at that time that it was too risky to try the vaccine because of any future outbreaks similar enough. And I think that's it for today. But that's some serious food for thought. Hope you all had a great weekend. Take care and God bless.